Hi, welcome to the Bridge Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following message. For more information on all that's happening at the Bridge Church, please visit www.bridge-church.com. Praise God. You know, today I've got a, I've got a, I've got a happy message, I believe. It's always good to have a happy message. And, and so, um, but I would like to show you some media first. And um, before I do that, I'll just give you a, a, an inkling as to what it is. So the title of the message today is Good News is a Two-Way Street. Good News is a Two-Way Street. Actually, Good News is a multi-lane highway um, because um, not only have we been the recipients of Good News, but we've been tasked with passing on the good news. And then um, we sometimes forget that we have to pass the results and the, all of that back up to heaven and send good news back again. Do you believe that? You know, so, so um, this whole concept of good news is something that we don't just hang on to and keep for ourselves. It's, it's not good news if it doesn't get out there. And we've, we've, we're part of that whole circle of being spreaders of good news. We received it one day. Did you receive good news one day? So we all, we all had the awesome opportunity to receive it, and now we've got a job of spreading it. But we also ha- have been tasked with going back and, being, and giving thanks for the good things that God is doing. Uh, amen. Do you believe that? So that's the, today's message is about good news. Amen. So in, enjoy this media clip. It's really, it's really awesome, actually, because um, it's very creative. The guy on the, on the media clip is an artist, and I have deep appreciation for anyone with those skills and talents. Anyone that is able to do anything creative is just amazing. We recognize that all of that creative ability comes from God. Amen. He puts it in us so that we can, we can walk that out in our lives and not to impress other people, although it is impressive, but to, to make an impact on other people and um, to show them that the kingdom of God and Christianity and the church has a lot more to offer than they ever thought because there's a contest. And sometimes, and this will come out in the message, sometimes things that are not church are more attractive than things that are church-related or, or kingdom-related or God-related. And I don't believe that. I believe that the best, the best is in the house. The best, and the best is still to come as well. So I'm very excited about, about, about this message. Can, Seb, will you run that clip, please? It began with darkness. Pitch black. Formless. Into this darkness, God created light. Created entire galaxies, countless wonders beyond imagination. And to behold his glory, he breathed life into his children. He loved them with a passion burning brighter than the sun. And for a time, he made his dwelling with them in a beautiful, perfect world. But then, this love was torn apart, fractured by a crushing abyss so wide 
that it could never be crossed. An immense chasm created by our sin, our pride, our disobedience. And so the darkness returned, and with it came death, wars, plagues, and exile. But our Father refused to leave His children in the darkness. So once again, He sent His light to dwell on earth, to become Emmanuel, God with us, to teach us, to heal us, and save us from the terrible wages of sin. Where he preached peace, he was met with hostility. Where he preached love, hatred burned against him. Where he preached forgiveness, his enemies cried out for execution. He was arrested, tortured, and sentenced to death as a criminal. With nails in his hands, Jesus bore the unfathomable weight of our sin and cleansed us from all unrighteousness. They assigned him a grave with the wicked and sealed his tomb with a stone. Darkness reigned over the land once more as hope seemed to vanish. But on the third day, His light pierced the shadows. His power shook the earth. The Son of God rose, declaring victory over death and throwing wide the gates of heaven. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. His love still calls to us. His grace still covers us. This is the gospel. This is the good news of Christ. Amen. Amen. That's a terrific clip, isn't it? Amen. And so that is, that is the good news. That is the gospel. And, and I want to say to everyone here this morning, you have something to offer. You, you might think, how do, I, how do I spread the good news? Let God work that out in your life. You, everyone sitting in this place today has something to offer. Reflect on God's word. Sometimes we feel, oh, how am I going to do this? How am I going to take this message out there? But oftentimes that comes just through reading God's word and reflecting on it and listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. You know, I, I read a story this week about a man who was, uh, wrote a reference book or a volume on the book of Job. Who knows the book of Job in the Bible? It's, a, it's, it's in the Old Testament. It's quite a big book. It's got 42 chapters. 
And in my Bible, it's about 30 pages long. And we might think, well, that's long. This man spent a great deal of time reflecting on every verse. And I don't know if I'm quite right, but he wrote, after reflecting on each verse in the book of Job, he wrote 2,900 words per verse of reflection in the book of Job. And so, and he produced one of the most reflective, powerful volumes of work ever on the book of Job. And the book of Job's an interesting book, especially if you feel like life is pushing you down right now. And so, you know, there's a, there's a power in meditating and reflecting on God's word and meditating on each verse. If this man could get 2,900 words out of one verse, what could we potentially get out of meditating on a verse? It could be potentially life-altering for you and for the people that you know to just meditate on his word. And that will give you the good news message. Amen. And so, thank God for his love. Did you like the way you see the, his hands still with the, the scars from the cross in his hands? And you know, um, Jesus, while he was on this earth, do you know that Isaiah speaks about him as a man of sorrows? I mean, he went through a lot of, he went through a difficult time on the earth with more persecution and anger and people railing against him, um, discrediting him, ruining his reputation, all of that more than we'd ever probably like to know. Amen? But he's, I've got a good news message. It's got to get out. And he went on. How much um, encouragement can that give us here this morning? Amen. And so sometimes we think, well, how, how am I going to get the message out? We just, got to, we just got to know and know beyond the shadow of a doubt that God loves you. He's put a message in our heart. He, we, we weren't saved or born again just to come and fill a church on a Sunday. But that we could get out and share a story with other people. Amen. And so, you know, I was encouraged when I was preparing for this message. I'm searching through the Word, and I'm thinking, what about Jesus? How did he feel when good news came back to him? How did he feel? What did it do for, for, for his heart and for his life? And that's the aim of this message. It's to encourage you to remember that good news is more than just a one-way street. Good news has to flow forward and backwards, amen? As you free, freely, try saying that with a dry mouth, as you have freely received, freely give, amen? So, and the thing is, we've got to understand that an incredible price was paid for people to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. And you might be sitting in this place today or watching and you're an unbeliever. You might be an atheist, an agnostic. You might be... Uh, whatever, you might have a different church background or whatever the case may be, or you may be a believer, but I believe there'll be something in this word for everybody today. Amen. So I hope that you'll leave here um, with something to think about, something that's encouraged you and edified you. And at the end of this message, I'm going to give an altar call and trust that I'm trusting the Holy Spirit that the good news finds its mark. And uh, really, it was all summed up in that media clip. He came 
because we could not save ourselves. And there was a chasm, there was a literal divide that we could never cross. And Jesus came and um, he laid, he's the bridge. He's the bridge that made a way for us to get from where we were into eternity. We're thankful for that, amen. So we gotta feed good news back in heaven's direction sometimes. Do you believe that? So what's the best news we can send back to heaven? What's the news that even the angels stop what they're doing and they start to sing and they start to rejoice and they start to dance? What sort of news does it take for all of heaven to rejoice? Well, the news that, that it takes for that to happen is that somebody, somebody has embraced Jesus Christ. Somebody has said yes to Jesus. Somebody has said yes to salvation. Amen. You know, we think about God. We think about where he is. He's in heaven. He's on his throne. The highest throne that God can occupy is the throne of your heart. Amen. The highest throne that God can sit on is the throne of somebody's heart. When we make him king of kings, lord of lords in our life, that is, then that's where he wants to be. He wants to be sitting on the throne of our hearts. Amen? And there was an enormous price paid for that. Everything that Jesus endured for us. Pain and suffering. The sorrow he felt, according to Isaiah 53, man of sorrows. He was broken beyond belief. But all of that pain and suffering is gone now. All of it's gone only the scars in his hands remain. It's the only sign. That's all in the past. And the whole of heaven rejoices over one person that surrenders their lives to him. For everyone, and I'm going to use the term sinner this morning, we are sinners saved by God's grace. And we all, we all, have, we all had and have a sin problem. But we stand, when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you stand before God. He doesn't see the blackness of that and the ugliness of that. He sees the blood of Jesus. He sees Jesus who took your place and he sees the righteousness of Christ in you. Do you believe that? Amen. So here's a great verse in Luke 15, 7. In the same way, this is the New Living Translation, Luke 15, 7. In the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. There is more joy in heaven over one person. And you know, I, I thought, what sort of joy? The joy that they're talking about there is a big occasion to, have, to, to delight and have a party. To, to rejoice. That's what it means. That's what heaven does. Amen. So Jesus came, came to earth. He was crushed, bruised, brought low, humiliated so that we could be exalted. And now he has ascended. So after that stone was rolled away, and after he then, after that, appeared to them on his way to Galilee, he's in heaven at the right hand of the Father right now. Amen? But every soul that is added to the kingdom of God lifts Jesus higher. 
He's exalted more and more. As his kingdom grows, as people are added to the kingdom. And if you're in this place today and you're doing a mission work, and I know there are people are, and you're doing something, you're working in recovery community, you're working in some sort of area in, the, in our area to help people, to bring them to the knowledge, not of a worldly system, here, follow these things and you'll be fine, but to say there's actually a better way. You can follow this, that you can follow the Word of God, and it has, the journey starts with opening up your heart and giving your life to Jesus. And as that is done, we lift Jesus up higher and higher. Amen. And so he's gone through all of, he's been through, he says, listen, I'm sure he, call, he calls his friends, sons, daughters. He says, listen, I've been through it all. There's nothing that I haven't been through. There's nothing that you'll go through that I don't know about. I've been through it all. Mockery and sorrow, if you've experienced being mocked, if you've experienced persecution, if you've experienced being trodden down under someone's foot, there's a, there's a song, it's called um, The Rose. Like a rose trampled on the ground, it likens Jesus' life to that. Trampled on... But the more and more people that believe in him, the higher and higher he's lifted. All of that is behind him now. Amen? His sacrifice was for them. And all we've got to do is believe that and receive that. And that gives Jesus reason for joy. Amen? So what is good news to Jesus? Here are some things, right, that are good news to Jesus. Show him that he reigns in your heart. Yeah? And if you read Matthew 16... Peter, and we know how unstable Peter, the apostle Peter was, what did P Peter do? He, he, he confessed, he says, I know exactly who you are. Lord, you, you're, you're the son of God, you're, you're the Christ. And I can imagine Jesus' heart must have swelled. Somebody gets it, somebody sees, and somebody recognizes who I am, amen? Matthew 16, 16, you can read about that there. Show him that he reigns in your heart. That's good news. That's good news for him. Amen? Here's another one. Show him our willingness to observe and obey him and his word. Not grudgingly, but willingly. That's a good news signal back, straight back to heaven. I'm willing, Lord. I'm ready and I'm willing and I'm able, just like you are. And I know that life gets on top of us sometimes, and it tries to hold us in a place where we feel, I've got no time to do this. I've got no time. I can't even help myself, never mind other people. And Jesus, and Jesus is like, no, I'll help you. I'm, I'm with you. Other people are great, and, and you will have help, but I'm here for you. All you will ever really need is me. Amen? When you can't get solace or comfort or encouragement anywhere else, there's the place to go is to go and read his word. Go and read his word. Go and read his word. You will be, it might take a, it might take a few chapters, but you'll be lifted. Amen? Show him that you're willing to observe and obey him. Go to Luke chapter 10 with me. 
and verse, from verse 17, it says there, this is Jesus. He's just sent out the 70. They come back. The 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. You can imagine these guys coming back like on a complete high. And what would you say these days on a, a buzz? You know, it's like, yeah, man, we're super buzzed. We've just been out there and, you know, you, you gave us your delegated authority. We used your name. And you know what? We cast out demons. We delivered the sick. People, we, 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 we spread the good news. And Jesus says, said to them on the back of this, when them coming back to him with this news, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you the authority. Take this, receive this today. I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, don't rejoice. Nevertheless, don't rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names have been written in the Lamb's book of life in heaven. Oh man, we've got, yeah, we've got tons. We've, we can have tons to celebrate on this earth. It, it's, it will fade into insignificance compared with what awaits you, what awaits the believer and then here's verse 21. I'm going to the Amplified now because it's the best. In that very hour, okay, so they've just come back. In that very hour, he was overjoyed and greatly rejoiced in the Holy Spirit. And he said, I praise you, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things relating to salvation from the wise and intelligent but you've revealed them to infants, the childlike and untaught. Yes, Father, for this way was your gracious will and choice and was well-pleasing in your sight. So in that very hour, he was overjoyed. Now, I want to tell you, I want to explain what that means because sometimes we're like a little bit of joy, you know, or whatever, but, but overjoyed. So here's what overjoyed means. It means, yes, you are. Hallelujah. It means this, to be exceedingly glad with exceeding joy, to rejoice greatly, and to jump for joy. Okay? So let me tell you what the, say again, what joy means there. It means to jump for joy. Now, can you imagine Jesus jumping for joy? You can imagine jumping for joy. That's the joy. That is the joy that he was talking about. Amen? Jumping for joy. Here's another one. Good news to Jesus is that the gospel has been received. Good news is that somebody today has said yes. Somebody said yes. Somebody has received the gospel. And when we do that, he says, he says here, he says, um, you've hidden these things relating to salvation from the wise and you've given them to infants. Those disciples, that, those that went out, they went out with, the very, with childlike trust and faith. When Jesus says, take me at my word, if you, use, if you use my name and I give you my name, this is what you will do. You will trample on serpents and scorpions, et cetera, et cetera. 
Sometimes we get so wise in our own eyes, so analytical, so confused eventually, that we don't, that we lose that simplicity that all we need to do is do what the Word says. Amen? So, if the acceptance of the gospel sends good news to heaven, the opposite of that is also true, yeah? So, what's that? It's the rejection of it. I don't know about wherever you're from, but where I'm from, if good news travels fast, bad news travels even quicker. <laughs> it travels even quicker. And some people would say that um, your reputation gets to where you're going before you actually do. You know? So, the rejection of the gospel isn't good news. Amen? Jesus came with the greatest news ever to arrive on earth. But why? He came to his people. Thankfully, it was opened up to the Gentiles. But he came to his people, and you, you know the, the, his people, the, the, the Jews, the, he, the Hebrews, they loved Scripture. They, they, they loved being taught. They loved the, their, their time in the, in the temple, the synagogues, the rabbis. They, they loved all of that. And you'd think that if this man came with the greatest news ever, with the good news, that they would drink that up like a thirsty man who'd been in a desert for a couple of days. You know, it's like, I'm gasping, I'm so thirsty, you've got this news. Why would they refuse that news? Why would they refuse that? And sometimes you think that the people that are most ready to receive good news are the ones to go to, but that's often not the case. He came and, and his own people said, no, we reject this. We reject you. And so what happened then? The way was made open for us. Amen? Amen? For us. So thank God for that. God still has a plan for Israel, for his people. Amen? And uh, I, I often listen to, 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 to Jewish teaching. I'm interested they're his people. They're his way. They follow his ways. They do it to the letter of the law. You know, in Sh on Shiva, you're not allowed to come. In, you, you, if you're mourning or you're sad, you're not allowed to go and share in the in the in the in the feast in the in the on the in the table. You know, it's all of these things. It's with, with, it's incredibly interesting. And Jesus comes and he gives us incredible grace. So. Here's, here's what, you, what you need to know about that. Go to Luke chapter 14, verse 21. This is the New Living Translation as well. It says, and this is, this is, the, this is probably the last parable we're doing because uh, we've we done a parable series. We did a few things for another few weeks, and now we kind of, kind of have thrown a parable in here. So this is the, the servants in the feast. A man prepared a great feast, and he sent out many invites when the banquet was ready, he sent his servant to tell the guests, come, the banquet's ready. But they all began making excuses. One said, I've just bought a field. That's a great excuse, eh? I've got to go and look at my field. I've got to go and see what I've got, mark it out. How many acres? What, what can, you know, I've got to go and look at my field. Another said, I've just bought five pairs of oxen and I want to try them out. 
You know, these days, it, this, the, the, the simil similarity would be, I just bought a new motor, and I need to go and give it a test drive. <laughs> you know? And then the next guy said, please excuse me, I have just got married, so I can't come. So the servant returned. So the, here's this servant. He's gone out to, the, to these people. Good news. We're having a feast. We're having a, a massive party, and you're invited. The servant returned and told his master what they had said, and the master was furious and said, go quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. That sounds like, a bit like us. Certain people had been invited to this feast, and they refused. And then Jesus, the master says, well, go and get these guys. After the servant had done this, he reported, there's still room for more. And so his master said, go out into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come so that the house will be full. For none of those who I first invited will get even the smallest taste of my banquet. So this master is angry. I imagine he is furious. He's invited guests to this great feast. Now, I don't know about you, but if someone comes to me and says, listen, we're having a barbecue, a big party, a braai place, as we call it in South Africa, and you're invited, I'm like, I'm there. I'm, I'm there. That sounds good. There's food. There's fellowship. It's go That's great. I'm there. Amen? But these servants were met with rejection, cloaked in some sort of a courtes you know, politeness, a rejection nonetheless. So they returned to their master without the good news that he was hoping to hear. And he's so disappointed. He's so angry. He says, they are not going to get another opportunity to taste what I put on the table for them. And I, I, I see this parable talking about receiving an opportunity to give our lives to Jesus. The food is spiritual. The celebration is eternity. But choices are made to go hungry. Why would anyone want to go hungry? I, I, I grew up in Africa. I've seen terrible hunger. There's, hunger is one of the worst things that people have to deal with. Malnutrition and hunger, starvation. These people probably wanted a good life, a happy life. So why did they refuse the best offer or opportunity they'd ever been presented with and look somewhere else for it? How many times do we say as people, do you know what, it's not the right time. Maybe there's something else coming down the road. There will always be another opportunity. Everything's going to work out just fine. It's just not for me, the new. That's, you, you, you know, we, we hear that. Yeah? Are things any different in 2022 to what they were in Jesus' day? Is the good news that we have to share any better received today than it was back then? No, it's not. You'll still encounter that, but the invitation is exactly the same. The invitation is the same. Matthew 11, verse 28, Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. 
Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. Amen. What's the worst that can happen when you receive Jesus? What's the worst that can happen? Set free in your heart? Have your burdens and your worries lifted off your back? Have your identity card changed to citizen of heaven? Why then do thousands of people wait expecting to receive better news from what the world has to offer or wait for something else to come along? And I pondered that this week when I was reading something. Someone had put something out on socials, which I don't spend too much time in. I have Instagram, and it seems most people tend to post stuff up on different things. Instagram tends to get stuff. So this was posted, I thought to myself, by what was said, we can end up moving in the wrong direction if we give the world's opinions, thoughts, and their likes, or whatever you want to call it now, a place. If we give their opinions, because the, the post was kind of, you know those things that people send out, what do you think? You know, what do you think? What should I do? I'm like, you're putting this out there too, like this massive audience of people. And I'm sure not all of them are, 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 are that wise. <laughs> I'm not saying they're not, not wise, I'm not, but I'm saying that you're putting this out to such a huge demographic of people. What sort of, what, I mean, so if the, if, the, if the needle nudges up to 80%, you're gonna go that way based on what social, a, a poll on social media tells you what to do? I'm like, hang, hang on a minute. If we give their opinion, thoughts, all of this, if we give that a place in ordering the steps of our future, we will move in the wrong direction. We've got to give that to God and listen to the Holy Spirit. And I'm not saying that this person was someone, I know that they know the Lord, they're, they're, they're saved, amen? And so I thought, that's, that's the thing we've got to do. So this is the good news that, that we've got to carry out there. We've got good news to go back. We report back. Lord, you said I could do this. I'm coming back to give you thanks, to let you know that this has worked out. I prayed for a job and a door has been opened. Whatever the case may be, amen. And we've got time. We've not got a lot of time here to do this good news thing because the, world, the Bible says that the earth, heaven and earth is going to pass away as surely as our bodies will. But he's with us on this Christian journey and he'll get us over the finish line and into eternity. And those, that is open to everyone. So if you're in this place this morning, that is open to everyone. Open to everyone. If you come to Jesus, we always think, I'll, 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 when the time is right and on my terms, but if we will go to Jesus humbly on his terms and say, I know that there's a prayer I can pray. Can I pray that prayer? Then he will receive you. He will accept you into his kingdom. Amen. So if, if sometimes you think, well, I'm going to have a calculated strategy so that I can enjoy the things that I, I enjoy right now and hopefully there'll be enough time to jump ship 
right at the very kind of last few days, weeks, months, or whatever the case may be. I just want to say to anyone listening, that's a risky strategy. The Bible says that today is the day of salvation. Today is the day you can give your life to Jesus. Amen? Because the Bible tells us that he is coming back and he's going to come back when we least expect it. You know, I'm just going to do this for a little bit longer. I'm going to go look at my field. I'm going to go and, you know, enjoy my honeymoon. I'm going to, I'm going to watch my cows, you know, eating the grass, whatever the case may be. The Bible says time is, time is fleeting. Time is short. <laughs> Amen? And so God's intention was for people to enjoy the feast, the banquet. And that's what he's done. He set a table for us. The word says he set a table for us in the presence of our enemies even. Thanks for listening. Remember to visit our website, www.bridge-church.com and connect with us via Facebook and Twitter.